And I'm Emily. And here's the thing. And here's the thing. Here's the thing is podcast where Emily and I try things for the first time. This week on Here's the Thing. We are dating jobs for the first time. Huh? <laughs> uh, kind of. Just kidding. We have our friend and expert and guest, Joel, this week, who is going to talk to us about um, like getting jobs, basically. And it's kind of fitting because Ashley and I just got our first adult jobs for the first time in mm-hmm. the last few months. So, and I think Joel did too. So did Joel. Yes. <laughs> so did Joel. Okay. Our expert. <laughs> our expert. Yes. Uh, Joel, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell the listeners a little about you. Yeah. So my name is Joel Sigrist. I'm excited to be here. Um, I graduated from George Fox University um, almost a full year ago now. Um, Go Bruins. The, the graduation date is fuzzy because of COVID, but mm-hmm. technically mm-hmm. almost a year ago. Um <laughs> And when I graduated last year, um, I didn't have a job. And so I worked with uh, basically a bunch of recruiters to talk about how do people get jobs and what's that process and what what do good candidates look like outside of being skilled at their field? Like, what's the process of getting a job? Um, and so worked with a bunch of them um, and then have found a job so so then um worked a job last summer with a startup um there was like a temporary position um just kind of to get my feet under me um and worked there for six months or so and then stopped that position and now have moved into a new longer term position um in the last few months so yeah i guess we'll just get right into it you created like a a program a course question mark about a course yes can you tell me what that like just what that is like the basics of it yeah, totally. So, um, so like I said, I graduated last spring, um, and and came up against this problem of I work in marketing. Well, that's that's like my that was my major in college. That's where my job is now. Um, that's what I want to do. And so I graduated in, with marketing, um, and I was like, okay, like I'm I'm pretty good at marketing. Like as as far as being 23 and having very little experience. Like like I I have some skills. I have some background behind me, but that in a lot of cases is not enough to find a job because mm-hmm. finding a job in marketing is a different skill than being good at marketing. Mm-hmm. And there's some overlap and there's some crossover. Um, but I think that's true in every field that being good at the job and being able to being good at finding the job are separate skill sets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, the person that I am, I was like, I want to learn how to be good at finding a job, not just being good at the job. And Mm -hmm. so I met with a dozen or so like hiring professionals last spring um, and just sat down and did did kind of this sort of thing um, with them um, Mm -hmm. and sat down and and built out a whole list of questions and asked them for for a long time, like for most of them were more than an hour um, and sat down and talked to them about like, what do you look for when you look at a resume? What do you look for when you read a cover letter? Do you care about cover letters? Um, when you open up a LinkedIn profile of a candidate, what are the first things that you notice? What are the things that you look for? What do you see? These um, are all questions that I ask also to everybody that I know who has a job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Who's hiring. laughs> yes, yes, what exactly. And they're for? great questions, right? And, and, and hinging around at that point, I mean, COVID is still around, but at that point, COVID was like just starting up mm-hmm. um, and it was so new and so unfamiliar that we kind of were like, or I kind of was like, oh, I'm not going to speak for you. But I was like, what on earth is going on? Like everything that like 
you can't go to a career fair. You mm-hmm. can't like walk into a business and like give someone your resume. Not that I was doing that a year ago anyway, but you can't like do some of those in-person things that mm-hmm. a lot of people normally would do. Like you can't go and sit someone down and take them out for coffee and ask them questions about their job. Mm-hmm. Like, so what is it that we can do and how can we continue to leverage that? Um, so that was, I, I did that for a month or so last May. Um, and I really just like, it didn't, didn't even apply for jobs during that time. Just was like, I'm, I'm all in on figuring out what it is to mm-hmm. like find jobs and apply for jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so even and that was before, sorry, before yeah, you, yeah. Gra- or right as you graduated, before you applied for jobs, you were like, okay, let me figure out how to do this well before even just like trying. Yes. Yes. Um, and I think part of that, like there was a couple of reasons for that. Um, so one of the, one of that is because, uh, so it's a little bit of a long story, but when I graduated, I was expecting to graduate into a position. Um, I had been an internet oh. Intel for 18 months at the time um, mm-hmm. and was expecting to step into that position full time and, and just continue working there um, for some, for some I still think they're kind of dumb reasons, but for some for some reasons um, <laughs> that COVID. didn't happen. Um, yeah, stupid. pretty much. Um, and so so there were some miscommunications uh, farther upstream than me that I was told that I would have a job and then I was told I wouldn't. And then I was told I would for like a part time job. And then like a week before graduation, I was told that I wouldn't. And so it, it's not the fault of my supervisors or anything like I don't hold any of them accountable, but it's crummy the way that it, that it worked out. Um, and so I hadn't applied for any jobs. I didn't have any leads uh-huh. when on May 2nd was my graduation date. I had zero leads on May 2nd. I didn't even have any outstanding applications. Um, and so I think at that point I was like, well, I can either like sit in my new apartment and like send out a thousand applications to different places that I don't necessarily know about or care about, or I can reach out to a bunch of recruiters who I know anyway. Even before last spring, I I have always been interested in LinkedIn. I've always been interested in resumes um, as concepts, not just as mine, but as concepts. And so I've done different like consulting on um, LinkedIn profiles and resume, like editing and proofreading and those sorts of things, um, even before last spring. And so I was like, I can either take what I think I know and go try it a bunch of times until I find a job or I can take this time to really like do some full-time networking and just get on the phone with a bunch of people who actually know what they're talking about and who actually are looking at this every day. Um, And so that's what I decided to do is I decided to like jump into let's figure out what this actually looks like and how to actually do this rather than just trying to do it right away with no real direction yeah i think the scary like one of the scary things about applying to jobs is like do you just apply to any job and just take the first one that accepts you or do you like wait and only apply to like quality jobs that you really want to be at long term and so yeah kind of like it sounds sounds like you were like i'm gonna wait and make sure i have it figured out what i actually want to be doing yeah, and I think that's the challenge, right? Is that there's so many extenuating circumstances that come into the job search that at any point, like, like you need you need an income. 
Like most of us are, are struggling to pay bills, right? Or not necessarily struggling to pay bills, but if you're unemployed for a long time, you might be struggling to pay bills. Sure. And like, it's not just that, oh, I want a job that I enjoy. I want a job that's fun. It's that, no, when the rubber meets the road, like I need a job that pays me. I need a job so that I can pay rent and buy groceries and put gas in my car. And so it's not just that, like, because I think sometimes I have this idealized view of the world where I'm like, no, I'm going to go like work in this job and then this job and then this job and then I'm going to be famous or whatever. Right. Mm. And and I think a lot of us kind of are fed that through the media that like, oh, if you're in a job that you hate, like you should just quit. And like all these things that like I don't think is good advice in the most part, because like you should have an income like that's a very real thing. And it's not just that oh, I want to go work in a job that I love and I want to go work in a job that really makes me feel fulfilled because your job's not always going to do that and you still always need a job. And so, yeah, so there, I think there's a lot of complicating factors when it comes to looking for a job as to like, what actually are you looking for? Um, because sometimes you do like have this five-year plan, this 10-year plan where, yeah, you're going to work up the ladder or, or you know, have a couple stair step jobs to the perfect job. And for some people, you're able to do that. But for other people, you're not able to do that. And and maybe you have that 10 year plan also, but I have to pay rent in two weeks and I need an income mm. before that. And so there's a lot that goes into what sort of job should I take? Um, and I think it's more complicated than just, oh, what is it that I want to do? Because I think that's very limited. I might have missed this, but that felt like a direct <laughs> roast to Emily, who took this job that she <laughs> is so excited about and loves and is so passionate about, but like pays worse than her previous offer. <laughs> that was oh a roast. no, he was Rem- Emily me. had not said oh, anything oh. about that. Uh, no, no. no. <laughs> My, <laughs> you just applied that. That's completely I'm so unrelated. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know if you want. I like I. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I got offered a job and I like was like, do I take this job right now? Even though I hadn't applied to other jobs. That's why I was like, I was like, this isn't my dream job. But do I just take the first job that was given to me? And I didn't end up taking it because, uh, which felt like the right. But I was thinking about that a lot for like two weeks. <laughs> kind of stressful, but. So what job did you end up taking? Tell me about that. Yeah, I got offered a job working because I'm in, I'm in horticulture. Uh, which is like agriculture sciences. And so I got offered a job at a farm, like a full-time job, which I actually text. That's the job I was texting you about with the job offer and trying to figure out how to negotiate there. But once they offered it to me, they just kind of heard my boss that I currently work for had emailed them and said like, oh, I have a graduate who um, like might work good for you guys. So I didn't apply to a job there. They just reached out to me. And then they, I interviewed with them and then they offered me a job and then I like panicked because I was like, oh no, this is like what I want to be doing. And there's this one company that I really do want to work for. And so I just called them and I was like, hello, my name is Emily and I want to work for you. And they were like, huh? Okay. But I ended up, it. that's like kind of an oversimplified version. So I am going to go work for them. I start in two weeks, which is exciting. And they're a blueberry breeding company. And so they're, they, they're like an international company that yeah breeds blueberries which is very fun and what i want to be doing so wow how cool yeah that's not something i've ever thought about that's so cool Uh, yeah i've never thought about blueberry breeding that's awesome yeah very 
very important and juicy stuff. Uh, Literally. Yes. Much to think about. Right now, I think the, like, yes, most people don't think about this, which is great. That's, like, means that they're doing their job well. But blueberries have been bred to be, like, pretty good, and they travel well, and they can be shipped internationally and stuff. But now we're trying to make it so that they can be picked mechanically because the current, like, blueberries Mm. are all too delicate to be picked by machines, essentially. So they're trying to, like, breed, like, tougher tougher berries that can also taste good and be shipped which is also interesting and like futuristic but fun how cool yeah how cool autumn blueberries yes we're trying to just build robot blueberries (laughs) (laughs) i missed what happened for like five minutes so i don't know where we are oh i i asked him like at what point do you just take the first job that you see like do you just apply to Meh, jobs and then take one or do you like wait and try to f- apply for like quality jobs that you really want mm-hmm. and so that's what we were talking yeah. about yeah and I feel like that's where we were talking about like like mm-hmm. it's a balance and it's different for different people right because if you're in a financial position or like there's other factors besides just financially right mm-hmm. but if you're in a position where you need a job today like you probably should just be applying to jobs that will hire you today yeah, right? right because it, you have very real needs but if you're not in a position where you need a job today, like mm-hmm. last May, I was in a position where, no, I could have waited like a month or maybe mm-hmm. even a couple months and, and been able to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that position, like, I think you really should do some more like soul searching and learn mm-hmm. like, what is it that you want out of a job and, and how can you go get it rather than just, oh, I'm unemployed, I need a job right now. And then yeah. you go like work at McDonald's or something and you're like unhappy about it and it's unfulfilling. Like, mm-hmm. and there, that's okay in some situations, but mm-hmm. if you're able to do more than that and you want to do more than that, like you should and you should go after that and you shouldn't just take it because it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, because like to Emily's situation, like maybe the first job that, that's offered to you is not the one that you want and is not the one that you end up in. And that's fantastic. And, mm-hmm. and in a lot of situations, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of need to know yourself and know like, mm-hmm. like, am I going to be okay if I wait another two weeks before I take a job or do I need a, do I need this job right now? Yeah. Or what is this job going to lead me to? And, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. What you're speaking to a little bit earlier, I think, uh, sp- speaks to advice that my brother gave me because like right out of high school, I spiraled when I was trying to pick my college major. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't like I had an idealized idea I think of work in general because I'd seen how my parents worked and I was like I cannot work like them they work Hmm. like seven days a week 14 hours a day every day except for like Christmas and Thanksgiving and sometimes 4th of July so like I was like I need to not I need to do something that I love you know and then my brother was like you can't like work is still gonna feel like work on some days you can't just try to find the perfect thing you're never gonna find it you're never gonna get a job and you're never gonna be satisfied and i was like then what <laughs> then what do i do uh yeah and so he really harped on me the idea of like just find a job that allows you to like that you enjoy that allows you to have the flexibility to be able to do the things that you do love whether that's like at the time it was like doing art and so he's like Find something that lets you make time and have the flexibility to, like, have your own personal life to, like, handle your mental and, like, emotional needs. 
and I was like, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard to actually like. It's easy to say like, yeah, that's a really good idea, but it's hard to be satisfied once you're in a position and you're like, yeah, but it's mentally straining, I think, to work in a job that you don't like. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard, right? And like, if we think about it, like, you spend close to 40% of your waking hours at your job. Like, if you're working full time, right? You spend like almost half your waking hours at your job. And so if your job is something you hate, like, that's gonna really wear on you mm-hmm. and because it's just so much time and so like it is important to have a job that that you don't hate right mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be like the perfect job that you love every minute of mm-hmm. because I'm not sure that that job exists for most of us right mm-hmm. um like there's there's the old saying that like if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life mm-hmm. and that is one of my least favorite things yeah. in the entire <laughs> world because I yeah. think Like, I was told that as a student. And, like, when I was, like, in college, I was told that a bunch of times, right? And, like, I was told that by professors and by faculty and by different different mentors who were like, oh, well, like, when you find the right job, like, it's not going to feel like work. And I was like, huh, then I don't think I've ever found a job that I liked. Uh Right. And I was like, that's weird because I feel like I've enjoyed a lot of parts of these jobs. And then when I was looking for jobs after college like the first job that I took um, I worked in a startup that works in the sound editing industry um, and it was a remote position and it was like a temporary position they were doing a product launch and I was brought in to like support that mm-hmm. um, and parts of that job were fantastic I loved parts of that job my manager was great um, shout out Dave if he listens to this <laughs> um, <laughs> Dave was fantastic um, and like I really enjoyed the people that I worked with and the things that I did it was some really cool technology we were working on mm-hmm. And there were days where I was like data entry for eight hours. And I was like, Mm -hmm. man, I hate this. Like this sucks. And, and that doesn't mean it was a bad job. Like I think a a good job is still going to have days that like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you didn't like what you did that day. Like that's work. Work is not always supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. And, and some days are right. And some days are great. and, And some days lead to very fulfilling things, but it's not always about, I enjoy what I'm doing right now. Sometimes it's about, I work on something that's like building to something I care about yeah. and and it's like a part of something that I care about and mm-hmm. yeah you're like when, when you can see the bigger picture mm-hmm. I yeah I yeah. okay I had a interview I've done a couple interviews in the last month and one of them and they've all asked me they've all been for like agricultural positions and I've worked like my fair share of agricultural jobs which like you're saying, can days can be awful, right? Like some days are just awful. And but overall, like overarching, I love it and I'm like gonna stay with it. And I think that everyone who like works in agriculture knows that. So in all three interviews I've been in, I've been asked, "Oh, so you've worked in agriculture? Like, how do you deal with the long days?" And it's been kind of interesting. I like, it's like you have to strike a balance between like letting the interviewer know that you know what it is like what you're getting yourself into and that you can deal with it. But then also like, I don't know. I don't want to say like, Oh yeah, I love the long days. That's what I live for. But then, <laughs> cause that just feels like a lie. But in one interview I was like, Oh yeah, they're awful. I, I hate, I said something like a little too negative and the interviewer was like a little put off by that. And so it's kind of like, you have to find a balance of like how to communicate with your interviewer that you know what they're talking about and mm-hmm. that you're like, ready to not love every day of the job and you're not going to quit after one bad day yeah. but also like yeah 
it's the same vibe as the like what are your like greatest strengths and weaknesses it's the same like i'm that question i'm too detail oriented so sometimes i get slogged <laughs> down like <laughs> i care too much about the position sorry it's just like okay yeah. how do i make something positive into like a negative i can't say no i love to help people I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah luckily i didn't get asked that question once so hopefully people are realizing what a terrible question it is i think it's just hard to answer right yeah because it's it's not necessarily that like like they're gonna learn your weaknesses totally. as soon as you start the job right like that's not none of us are very good at hiding our weaknesses yeah but just as humans we suck at that <laughs> and so maybe that's what we should say um <laughs> you'll find but out it's yeah i'm like ah you'll find out <laughs> um <laughs> yeah and then you don't get a call back and you don't get the job <laughs> they um, don't find out. yeah right yeah um but i think like it's interesting because really it's not necessarily about like what are your strengths and weaknesses it's about like how do you deal with that Mm -hmm. right because like we're all gonna have weaknesses and like yeah like we i have weaknesses that i run into every day at work that i'm like i need to be better at this like Mm -hmm. i suck at this one of the things that i'm struggling with right now is like and this is such a simple thing but i'm like i struggle to like organize all of my different projects that i'm working on like four or five different things Mm -hmm. and i just have like one to-do list and then i'm Mm -hmm. like shoot i don't remember what like it's too vague i'm like i don't remember what this like what this bullet point meant (laughs) yeah i'm like what does this bullet point mean and so i think like yeah that's like i just need to get better at that but like i'm not sure that it's so so much about like what is it that i'm bad at but more it's about like how do you deal with that Mm -hmm. and like are you aware of what you're bad at Mm -hmm. and how like how are you trying to get better at that Mm -hmm. because if if you know what you're bad at and you're trying to get better at it like yeah, we're all going to have problems. We're all going to have weaknesses. But when you're able to take that weakness and you're able to build on it and you're able to improve and you're able to acknowledge it, like that makes you a really valuable asset to a team. Because then when someone's like, oh, Joel, like, did you miss this thing? I'm like, no, like, I know what I know it's there. I just don't know how to do it. Or like, I like whatever it is. Right. <laughs> and and that's a lot easier to work with than someone who's completely ignorant to their problems. Yeah, totally. That's great. Huh. I, oh, I was just going to say, I think my biggest weakness is, like, dealing with people when I don't want to be dealing with people, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, like, a very, uh, like, introverted person. And so the last year, the pandemic has been great for me at work because, like, we've just not been working together is basically how my job has dealt with it. Um, so we're not exposed to each other. But then recently, I've been... Like, we've been doing more projects together, and so I'm, like, remembering my weakness. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, I need to remember how to, yeah, interact. Pretty tough. Sorry, Ash, what were you going to say? Uh, this is a tangent now. Should I do my greatest weakness? I, I think like you should. I feel Emily like and I both did. Okay, okay. I think my biggest weakness is that I'm... This is actually very real. I don't know how to say, like, no to people, oh, especially yeah. in the position that I'm in right now. So I'm a clinical research assistant, which means that the coordinators who all have a ton of stuff on their plate, but also I also have a lot of stuff on my plate, are like, hey, can you do this for me? And I'm like, yeah, because I know they wouldn't ask me to do it if they had time to do it themselves. And so I'm always like, okay, I guess I'll stay till six. Uh, and it's <laughs> bad. <laughs> That's probably my biggest It's tough. Yeah. It's, that, that actually is so real, Ashley. Like, because yeah. I think... I, I don't know. 
for me also like I totally relate to that because I like want to be helpful and especially like mm-hmm. starting out in a new job and a new yeah. career like I'm still getting to know these people and I'm like I like want to I, I don't want to say no mm-hmm. like I want to be able to like help you with these things I want to be able to do these things mm-hmm. but but then I'm like shoot <laughs> now I like can't because I said yes to everyone that's <laughs> so rough yes I but I've started so this is like now my fifth week of working I've started saying no to people which is good and I and like obviously people understand so they'll just go ask somebody else to do it so it's like not that big of a deal actually and I left work for a week so I was off last week and it made me realize that like I don't need to be there for the business to still run Mm -hmm. like Mm. I felt like I was doing so many things and before I left I was so scared that like I'd come back and everything would be in disarray but it like, it was a company before I was there, before I was hired and they were running well, and there's still a company while I'm gone, and, like, I it took a lot of pressure, and I think having that understanding uh, allowed me to be like, okay, delegate to someone else, I'm doing what I can, so. Yeah. And I think, like, at, a, at another level, even separate than that, like, focus is about saying no. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a Steve Jobs quote, but, like, when when you, like say yes to everything you're not able to focus on anything and as as young employees as like people early in our careers like the way that you get good at something is you focus on it and you're able to like block other things out Mm -hmm. and when like like I run into this also like when I'm saying yes to everything Mm -hmm. then like my quality of work on everything is lower Mm -hmm. versus like if I said no to some things then I'd be able to actually focus on what what I'm hired to do and what I want to be doing so Mm -hmm. Okay, let's bring it back around to getting a job. I guess, I don't know if this is, if we want to start with a super broad question, but do you have any big bullet, like, point advice that you would give to people who are out there looking to start a career? Like, what's, how do you start, how do you even start, I guess? Yeah, yeah, I would say there's a few things. So number one, probably the most important thing when you're looking for a job is to understand that your self-worth is not tied to whether or not you're working. Um, And baked into the job search is a lot of rejection. Like no no person is going to apply to one job, get interviewed, they're going to fall in love, and then you get that job and it's the perfect job. Like maybe that'll happen, but that's extremely rare. Like most people get said no to a lot of times before they get a job. And that does not mean that you're like a bad person it doesn't mean that you're a bad employee it doesn't mean you even that you're a bad candidate um there's so many factors that go into like the hiring process so the first thing that i would say is like keep your head up like it's okay Mm -hmm. that you're not working it's okay that you're looking for a job it's okay that people say no to you like that doesn't mean that you're a bad candidate or a bad person or anything like that um but then the other thing that i would say is like an open an open job posting for a company is a problem Mm -hmm. like they are trying to they're trying to hire for this position because they have a very real problem in the company. Um, and and that's that's not always true. There are job postings that are up that are like not monitored or it's like you can apply to this job and then when we have a position open, we'll contact you or something mm-hmm. like that. But a job posting, especially at like a smaller company, mm-hmm. is a huge problem for the company and they're hiring because they have a specific need for that company, for that position. Mm-hmm. And so... 
when you're applying to a job, the biggest thing is to understand what that problem is that they're trying to solve. And so if they're solving, if they're hiring, like all my examples are going to be marketing, (laughs) but if they're hiring like a copywriter, Mm -hmm. then their problem is that like sales conversions are low. And so if you can learn, like Mm. if you can get to that, then in your interview, you're like, hey, so like I've worked with Mm -hmm. whatever. And like, I know the tools that you use and the software that you use to increase sales conversions. Mm -hmm. And it's more than just the job description that they're looking for. They're looking for like a problem that the job description is trying to get at. Mm -hmm. Like the job description is trying to explain, but often the problem is like bigger than that Mm -hmm. or like a little bit different than that or, or just deeper than that or whatever. And like, if you're able to understand the problem that they're trying to solve with this position, then you're able to like speak to that in interviews and cover letters and resume better Mm -hmm. because you know what it is that they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think that, I think another thing that I would say is, when you are applying to jobs like you should know what you're applying to like you should know why you're applying to positions and you should know like what positions you want to apply to so whether that's like i so in my course i recommend like the first step there's like a goals worksheet of like there's kind of three types of jobs there's like a job that pays your bills there's a job that advances you in your career and then there's a job that you're qualified for and the dream is that you get a job (laughs) that checks all three boxes and like yeah and like the hopefully a job should check all three boxes right Mm -hmm. um but depending on like where you're at like you need to know what those three boxes are like Mm -hmm. you need to know what your bills are you need to know like how much a position needs to pay you right Mm -hmm. like if if you need to pay like i don't know four thousand dollars a month on like living expenses you should not take a job that pays two thousand dollars a month like that right away you know that that's not a position you should take Mm -hmm. um if if like you can't move and a position is not remote and in a different state like you can't take that position you shouldn't even be applying to it um and again like if if you're like fresh out of college applying to a vp position like you're not going to get hired you just shouldn't be applying to it and so i think a lot of times like people apply to positions that don't check their boxes and don't meet their requirements and that's a waste of time like you're Mm -hmm. not going to get them and it's not a position that you want to take or should take anyway and if you haven't done the work up front to know Mm -hmm. what like what are the answers to those three questions like then you don't know what you should be applying to the same way um and it doesn't have to be like a really formalized process right but you should know like how much does a job need to pay you like Mm -hmm. you should kind of know that and like you should kind of know what you're qualified for and you should kind of know what you want to do um and if like if you don't know those things, like that's probably the first thing that you should figure out before you start applying. Mm-hmm. And on top of just like wasting time applying for jobs that you like aren't fit for, it's so discouraging to get rejections too. It doesn't like scale <laughs> differently because you know that you weren't qualified for it. Like I applied for a job that I was pretty sure I wasn't going to get. And I was like, I don't know, maybe. And then after I was still like, Oh, why didn't they get back to me on that? Like, obviously they didn't. I was not fit for the job. I have not had like senior coordinating roles before. And I was like, what? I don't know why I was still disappointed, even though I knew that it wouldn't happen. But like on that level of just how discouraging searching for a job can be, it adds more like turmoil. I think that's really unnecessary. Totally, totally. And when you're when you're applying for jobs that like you can't get, like, of course they're not going to hire you. Like you're going to get rejected and that's Mm going to suck. And like, 
that's going to be demoralizing and it always is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, Joel, do you have any advice on how you become a successful candidate? I mean, I like the obvious answer. I don't know what the obvious answer is. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, the obvious answer is um, apply for jobs that you're really qualified for. Like at some level, there's not a substitute (laughs) for relevant experience. Yeah. And like if if you have not done the things in the job description, like most job descriptions are like like not all, but a lot of job descriptions are like fairly detailed Mm -hmm. as to like the things that you should be able to do or should have done already. Mm -hmm. And if you can't do those things and haven't done those things, like you're probably not qualified for it. And that's okay. Um, You should just go find one that you are qualified for. Um, So to be a good candidate, the probably the biggest thing is to just like be qualified for it, like have Mm -hmm. have have checked the boxes in the job description. Um, And then the next thing would be like, it's really good to know someone in the company Mm -hmm. like that, that matters a lot because some positions, like a position on LinkedIn jobs, for example, might get like 200 applications to it. And like, if you are just one of those 200, like it's hard to stand out. Like it's like, a one in 200 chance that your application gets chosen, even if you're really qualified, mm-hmm. because the 20th application they look at might be the perfect one and they might hire that, even if you're a better candidate, just because there's like, they didn't even look at yours yet and they already filled the position. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you know someone or even like have someone on the inside that's aware that you applied, mm-hmm. um, then they're able to like, make sure that your application gets seen and not in like a nepotistic way of like oh like i'm gonna hire them because that's my friend but like no like if if someone knows that your application got sent in they're gonna look at it yeah and they'll spend more than like if your application doesn't get looked at then yeah exactly exactly right and so um so one of the ways that like i recommend people do that is like even if you don't know someone in the company already um like find candidates either on LinkedIn or like on usually LinkedIn is the best way but like on their website sometimes they've listed or like however you want to do that mm-hmm. um and like like have an informational interview with them before you apply mm-hmm. and like get on the phone with them and, and have like set questions that you're going to go through and like then do something like this and and get on and be like hey like tell me about what you're doing like I I'm interested in this position and I want to learn more about it um and then afterwards, you can go send in an application and shoot that person an email and be like, hey, like, just so you know, I applied to this job. Mm-hmm. And then it's someone on the inside that is related to the hiring process that knows that you applied. Mm-hmm. And then they and even if you didn't know anyone in the company before, like now someone has a face to your name and like is is able to exactly like you said, Ashley, like spend more than seven seconds looking at your resume because now they know that you're there and they they know who you are and so Mm -hmm. right yeah and that's kind of a like a tough thing about like getting a job is that networking and all that starts like way before (laughs) way before you start applying which is not to like discourage you if you haven't started but it is like you should start thinking about it pretty early on yeah and even like i think the the best thing about networking is like they're real people Mm -hmm. that you're meeting and like they can be fun people and they can be interesting people it doesn't all have to be like 
me climbing the like ladder the, <laughs> just like yeah right like everyone it, behind me yeah yeah exactly like it shouldn't you shouldn't be trying to use people right mm-hmm. that shouldn't be like the point of it it should be like trying to get to know someone mm-hmm. and then once you know someone and have some sense of a relationship mm-hmm. then maybe they can help you out at some point and that like that at some level is just friendship mm-hmm. um and i think like networking and relationships like oh are different terms but like kind of should be the same Uh that like when you're when when you're in a job and you're like meeting people and getting to know them and working with them like then in two years if you're looking for a different job Mm -hmm. and they're at a different company yeah like they know who you are and you can reach out to them and be like hey like I see that you're at this company I'm really interested in this company or just I'm unemployed and looking for a job right like those are the people that can help you and they will help you if you have a relationship And if you don't really have a relationship, if you like got coffee once three years ago and then never emailed or texted or followed up at all, they probably aren't going to help you like I because they just don't know you. And so it's about like getting to know people and like actually building relationships rather than just like climbing the corporate ladder. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's it's not just about that. It's it should be more than that. Um, And that's that process is more in depth than just like handing out business cards and it's it takes more time and it takes more effort Mm -hmm. but it also is a lot more beneficial Mm -hmm. from a from a finding a job perspective also from a career perspective like if you then have problems and you're able to go to people that have walked the path that you've walked and have done what you've what you're trying to do like those are people that are hugely valuable because you're able to send them an email or get on a phone call and and talk through a problem with them. And they're like, oh, well, I solved this a few years ago doing this X, Y, Z. And now like you have a better answer, right? And mm-hmm. so it's, it's not just about like, oh, if I network well, maybe this person can help me get a job. Like also maybe they like will be a huge mentor in your life mm-hmm. and like change your life forever. And I guess I have a question. This goes back to the original question but how do you get relevant experience this is I guess specifically for like recent grads who maybe didn't work during college the way that like they had hoped in the industry or people who are doing career changes but how do you get relevant experience how do you get your first job without experience I guess because yeah you want to do what you're pursuing right and maybe you've studied it but if you haven't had like the real world application of it it's pretty challenging yeah definitely definitely that's like that's one of the big challenges especially as a recent grad um there's a few ways that you can like go about it is number one like most most entry-level positions like uh, having a degree in that field and some prior work experience Mm -hmm. even if it's unrelated work experience like should be enough for an entry-level position Mm -hmm. we've all seen entry-level positions that require five years of experience in the field and like Get out of here. We hate to see that. Right. Yes. That's like not that's like not really like an entry level job. Um, Yeah, I don't get it either. Those are the worst. But like, uh, yeah. So like when you're in school, like you should do your best to get like internships and relevant experience. Mm -hmm. Some people can't do that. Like for whatever reason, maybe like a lot of internships are unpaid, especially in some fields, like in some fields, all of them are unpaid. And some people like don't have the financial margin to take an unpaid position Mm -hmm. and that's super real and like if you don't have the margin to take an unpaid position don't take an unpaid position right Mm -hmm. but 
like if you're able to take internships like paid internships are fantastic um and then the other thing is like being able to leverage the work experience that you do have into this field and so again it's going to go back to business rather than like public health or something but like if i have experience in marketing and i want to go work in finance like i have taken accounting classes Mm -hmm. i've taken finance classes and i don't have work experience in that but i understand what work experience i would need for that Mm -hmm. and maybe i'm able to go find like some like some free certification online or some like course online with something like udemy or Khan Academy or something like that, um, that I'm able to then like leverage and talk about in interviews about like, no, this is a career change or this is my first position, but you can see that I'm, that this isn't like, oh, I just applied to some job that like, I care about this job because I have this certification. I have this course, I have whatever I did, um, to be able to apply to this position. Or even if you have a strategy of, when I get into this position, here's my plan to learn all of these things and get up to speed. Um, and if you've done your homework in that sense, like if you're able to get to an interview, which is kind of the hard part, but if you get to an interview, like you're able to talk about those sorts of things. And even though I don't have the, you know, the prior work experience, I have work experience in this field and I think it applies in this way. And here's like some evidence that I'm interested in this field in this position rather than just oh, I need to pay my bills. Yes, don't don't say that in an interview. <laughs> they ask no. you why you want to work there. <laughs> I have no. bills to pay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say, and this is a very specific to college students maybe thing, but like if you don't have relevant experience in something, but you've taken the class in that, like you can, most professors are so nice and they want you to get jobs. Like if you can get that professor to reach out to a job and say like, oh, hey, I have this student that does go a long way so just finding different ways like that to prove yourself i guess yeah definitely and and the other thing is like if you're a student like everyone wants to help you like when you email people in in the field that you want to be in and you're like hey like i don't have an internship or can't take an internship for whatever reason but i would love to take you to coffee and just ask you some questions like a lot of professionals want to do that because they're excited about helping the next generation and they're excited about helping college students whether that's like well placed or not like they're willing to do it and then those people you can add to your list with professors of like oh then when you know of a job you can refer me or you can um, point me in that direction. And and it means more when it's coming from someone, right? Like that comes back to the networking conversation of like suddenly like I make sure that my application gets seen or I make sure that I get on the phone because someone's willing to take the extra time and, and put their name behind me. Do you have any advice to like COVID specific job searching? Just because people, I mean, I mean for me, I didn't necessarily to like do the internships I might have last summer because I couldn't have or and then just the whole like zoom interviews and figuring out remote working yeah so I think in the COVID world like people are looking for their problem is slightly different right if you think about their their problem of finding finding an filling an open position it's slightly different and they're looking for slightly different things and so be aware of that in the job process of like yeah, they're going to make sure that like 
you know how to navigate a platform like Zoom or a platform like Microsoft Teams, which most of us can at this point, right? But if you like get on a Zoom call and have no idea how to unmute your mic, like that looks bad and like you should be able to do that. And so being able to like be fluent in digital communication and being able to like send prompt emails and like Mm -hmm. not necessarily like oh I emailed back within 10 minutes right but like be able to like respond the same day or like within Mm -hmm. 24 hours um and be able to like send emails that don't have a lot of spelling errors and like are easy to read and make sense to read Mm -hmm. and like those sorts of things like are simple and are easy but also not everyone does like make sure your resume like doesn't have Uh, typos in it like it's simple but it's also important because like again like if if an interview or if a recruiter is looking at 100 applications Mm -hmm. and like one of them has a typo in it like they're just not gonna look past that like they have 99 other applications that they're gonna look for they're looking for reasons to disqualify that and so that's the first one right um so in COVID specific like I I don't know that it's a lot different um, because the company's still trying to solve a problem and they're still trying to like put put a person in that position. But they also are looking for someone that maybe has remote work experience or maybe like is able to work remote. Maybe you don't have that experience, but you're like, oh, like I did online classes, right? Which is basically remote work experience, right? Or like I, um, or they're looking for someone that like has the fluency in a tool like Zoom or Slack or Microsoft Teams or whatever that is. Um and so I think like, like probably the biggest differences that I would, that I would point out is that like, you should be able to like navigate all those tools really effectively. And like most of our generation can, um, like even without prior experience, but like you should be able to, and like, if you have a zoom, um, interview, like just get on a zoom the day before with your friend and just like, make sure that you know how to unmute your mic, make sure that you know, like if there's a bunch of feedback, make sure that the things behind you on your wall, like, aren't gross, right? Like, I, I don't know, right? right? Like, make sure that, uh, make sure that, like, you still present yourself professionally in all of those ways. Um, because the world has moved that direction. Mm-hmm. And if you can't present yourself professionally in the hiring process, you're probably not going to end a job. And that's something that they're looking at. This is a debate that I have with a lot of people. Um, and it's whether or not I should include proficient in Microsoft suite in my resume because I feel like it's a given but like honestly it's not right like some people don't really know how to use Excel Get this. <laughs> yeah. just put yeah just put Gen Z in your yeah and they're like oh they know Microsoft Word. yeah um <laughs> I think that depends on like the position so one thing that I talk about a lot is with resumes your like a skills section on the resume mm-hmm. should be changed for every application you sent in. Mm-hmm. Um, and your skills section should directly come from the job description. Yeah. So if a job description has proficient in Microsoft Excel in it, put it on. and as like a requirement, yeah. then yeah, you should put it on, right? Especially if you are. Yeah. Um, and you should like, you should use the same words that they're using in the job description. Yeah. So if they say we want someone proficient in Microsoft Excel, they don't mean someone proficient in the Microsoft Office suite. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what they're searching for. They're searching for proficient in Microsoft Excel. And so if they pull up a resume and literally control F it. I was going to say, like, I so I had a question whether or not this happens because I think there is, people do do this. 
because resumes are usually online, do people just like search mm-hmm. terms? Since you um, have the insider info. <laughs> yeah, so I think there's levels to it because I think like it, some of them get like screened by like AIs yeah. and different things, and the AIs look for those specific terms, mm-hmm. and so that like it's not like a person sitting there like yeah. Control F like look at this, mm-hmm. but it is like. They have a program kind of that goes that. through it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a program doing that. Um, and even if they're not searching, like, with Control-F, like, yeah. when you look at 100 of the same document, like, you know what words you're looking for. <laughs> and if you don't see the words, like, you're not going to be like, oh, Microsoft's Office is like, uh, okay, Microsoft Excel isn't, like, no, if it doesn't say Microsoft Excel, you don't see Microsoft Excel and you're just <laughs> moving to the next one. And so it's not necessarily, like, sitting there with a Control-F, but... It also matters if you use the same words because those are the words that either the the like um, management system, like the algorithm, is looking for, or like that's just what the person is looking for. Mm-hmm. And they're if they're looking at a hundred applications, they're not going to put in the effort to to connect the dots for you. Yeah. Like you have to connect the dots for them. And so, yeah. When I started sent like applying for jobs, I always felt weird because I would make my resume every time. Uh, like a new one and every time I'd be like I, if I use the exact same words they'll know I copied it but like I want them to know that I looked at them I had the same issue with LinkedIn I accidentally opened my current boss's LinkedIn and I was like oh he'll get notified and then I was like wait maybe I want him to know that I was looking at him <laughs> to see what this job was about and his experience and I got like really weird about it but like I want the job to know that I'm interested I don't know I'm always like it feels weird but you know no you're totally right and like jobs are jobs are not looking for candidates that are just looking for a job (laughs) they're looking for a candidate that like wants to be in this position and so if you like have like you said like pulled the words exactly from their job description like that's what they're looking for that's like Mm -hmm. you should do that because that's what they're looking for they told you what they're looking for Mm -hmm. and you you should use that um the same thing like if you like look at your the hiring managers LinkedIn and they get notified like that's okay they want you to care about this job like it's okay if they if they like get notified about that mm-hmm. um the way that I like manage that is I have two versions of my resume one is like a master resume mm-hmm. that's like I don't know like three or four pages long or however mm-hmm. and it's got like all my job experience forever and all the bullet points that I could want on that mm-hmm. and a skills section that's like way too long that I'm just like oh yeah I have this skill too and just like put them all in Mm -hmm. and then I have like unique resumes that I send out to different positions Mm -hmm. and that I just save my master resume as a different one and then just cut out everything that doesn't matter Mm -hmm. and then change the skills section so that it reflects the job description so Mm -hmm. kind of what you're saying Ashley fun and then do people read cover letters I'm a big proponent of them because I feel like if nothing else at least I read into the company's values so that if I get an interview I can speak to that but then also so like I applied to so many jobs and I wrote so many cover letters and it felt like such a big waste of time because I didn't hear back from people. (laughs) Yeah. So the short answer is it depends. Some companies read cover letters and care about them. Other companies have never read a cover letter (laughs) in their life. Um, I, I talked to a couple of recruiters and one of them was like, oh, the cover letter is actually my favorite part of an application. And that's like what I base most of my decisions on. Another recruiter said, I don't think I've ever opened a cover letter. And so it's very different. Um, so I would say, time. yeah. So like my my thing is like, I, I say you should write a cover letter every time mm-hmm. because 
the cover letter is your chance to to connect the dots for them mm-hmm. from like your resume to the position. Yeah. Your cover letter is the chance for you to tell the story of why you care about this job mm-hmm. that like your resume can't tell. It's not like it shouldn't just be like a, a paragraph version of your resume. Mm-hmm. Like it should be like, I'm interested in this job because of this reason. Mm-hmm. And like, here's why I care about this. And like, that's what they're looking for when they open up a cover letter and it's like, to whom it may concern, like, et cetera, et cetera. Like, All of mine. <laughs> this is my work experience, right? Like, okay, but it's like, but if if it's just like, this is my work experience, like, mm-hmm. they can see that in the resume. Like, they don't need to read that again in, in like, a paragraph version. Yeah. They can they can do that. But if it's like, you know, dear, like, whatever the cover le- or the hiring manager's name is, like, dear Ashley or something, mm-hmm. like, this position jumped out at me because I, like, use this product all the time and like I'm really passionate about like working with this product because I know the way that it's changed like my life or my morning routine or mm-hmm. whatever and like I want to be able to help do that for other people mm-hmm. I a, a recruiter is like so much more interested in that second cover letter than the first mm-hmm. one because it's interesting yeah and like so I really recommend that people write a cover letter because it forces you, like you said, Ashley, to look at the company's values and to like actually think about why do I care about this job? Why am I applying to this job? And I think it helps you better be prepared for the interview, mm-hmm. even if the recruiter doesn't actually read it. I'm not sure that that matters as much because it's mm-hmm. a good process for a candidate to go through. Mm-hmm. Also, if they do read it, it should be good. And so, yeah, true. <laughs> I had a classes term that was co-taught and someone asked at one point if cover letters are important and the professors got in this like debate with each other. One of them was like, I've never read a cover letter. They're <laughs> stupid. And the other one was like, no, it's the most important part. And I, all I took away from it, I was like, just do the cover letter because 50 <laughs> chance you're going to get Kelly, 50% chance you're going to get Alec. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing is like if like a cover letter doesn't always have to be like a word document that you attach. Like sometimes if you're emailing like if the job position it. says like like email the email <laughs> me with your resume, like the body of the email is your cover letter. And like you don't have to attach a separate document for that. Like put that story, put that like why why do I care about this job? Put that in the email because then as soon as they open the email they're forced to read your cover letter (laughs) and it's like a couple paragraphs right Uh like it doesn't need to be a page like a page is too long but if it's like a couple short paragraphs like or like a half a page like yeah then they're forced to read it and that's like and then they're like oh wow i kind of want to open this resume like in that body of the email like you should give them a reason to want to open their the resume and then to want to call you Mm -hmm. um and like that's what it's about also if a if a job posting like if you're going through like a job application on like some portal and they have a question of like why did you apply to this job like that's your cover letter that's what they're asking and so then answer like oh like i'm interested in this job because again like it's you know some skincare product it's like part of my morning routine and it's like Mm -hmm. changed my you know my skin's health or whatever right Mm -hmm. and like that's why i'm interested in this position rather than like oh, well, it pays what I need it to pay, and, like, I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it should be something that's, like, unique and special to that position. Cool. Do you have any closing advice or, like, no-nos for getting a job, applying for a job? Um, well, one thing that I'm going to say, can I pitch my course? Please. I was going to, we were yeah, going to ask, ask you, you how we're going to ask you. How do we get to your course? 
Okay, yes. So can I can I like send you a URL for it? Mm-hmm. Can you like Please. put that in show notes or something? Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's it's housed on Gumroad. You can go to the the, the website gum.co. Gum isn't like chewing gum. Mm-hmm. Um, gum.co slash how to get a job. Um, and that is the URL. Um, and then if you are like going to buy it in the discount code, you can use HTT for here's the thing and get $10 off, uh, which is kind of cool. So, um, yes. So yeah, you can make sure that it's like linked in the comments. Um, but it's like a four week course that, um, is meant to walk you through all of these steps that we're talking about. And so it's, so it has, um, worksheets, it has templates for like, if you're reaching out to people, um, it has like message templates. If you're getting on an informational interview with someone, it has templates for questions to ask, um, good things to ask. Um, it walks you through like what you should put in a LinkedIn profile, what you should put in a cover letter, what you should put in a resume. Um, and it has templates for those things that walks you through all of that. Um, there's like some webinars included. There's um, podcast interviews. There's like snippets from those interviews I did a year ago with the recruiters um, throughout that um, all like chopped up, not in like the hour long interview format, uh-huh. but chopped up into here's like the 20 minute highlights on like what should go in a resume. Bite Here's the 20 minute highlights of bite size, <laughs> if you will. Yes. <laughs> I'm all about that. Right. Um, and so it's got all of these different, like um, the information straight from recruiters and hiring managers um, about what they want to see in candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it walks you through this four week process from theoretically um, from having no resume, no LinkedIn profile, no, no idea of what you want to do. Um, through all the steps to being able to apply for jobs, look really qualified and be like prepared for interviews um, to get offers. And so again, it's at gum as in chewing gum dot co slash how to get a job and use the code HTT for $10 off. So Um, so exciting. Yes. Yeah. And I actually reminded me that the other thing is that you are plug your own podcast, Joel. Let the the listeners know. Yes, yeah, so I do run a podcast, Bite Sized Philosophy. Um, it's it's all the episodes are less than ten minutes. Um, it's me talking about different philosophy things. Um, I actually have not published an episode in a few months um, because life has gotten busy. I'm getting married soon. Woo, um, yes, I'm moving. A lot of really cool things are going on, um, but because of that, that has slid down my priorities list, and I've not been publishing very recently or but there is a backlog for you to listen still there and And the episode on honesty and communication changed my life so there's that (laughs) i would plug it how cool (laughs) if you were friends with ashley in like february 2020 i really i guess that was you listened to this episode because she shared it with everybody If you got in the car with her, she turned it on. I'd listen to it 10 minutes a day. I'd be like, okay, I'm ready for the day. I'm going to be radically honest. It's your morning routine. (laughs) That's great. good. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So there's, yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, I talk about a lot of things that are like really near and dear to my heart. But like finding a job, I think is hugely important because I think like our careers are very important. And like we said, like you spend almost half your waking hours at work. Um, That matters a lot. Also, you spend half your waking hours not at work, and those those matter just as much. And so I think bite-sized philosophy kind of covers, like, mindsets and ways to act in both of those settings um, that, like, 
it's not just about like you should be the same person in both of those settings like mm-hmm. when you're at work and when you're at home like you should show up as the same person and like yeah stimulus control like you should show up differently but you should be the same person you shouldn't just like me and my flip a switch and, like, at work. <laughs> yeah yeah right like like you should show up in an appropriate way in both of those settings right like you show up differently to a wedding than you do a funeral and like that's how it should be right <laughs> yeah um but like you also should be the same person throughout and like you shouldn't just like oh when i'm with these friends i'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> joel a and when i'm with those friends i'm uh-huh. joel b like no you should always be like the same person um and i think bite Size philosophy like talks about that and talks about like a lot of things that i think are hugely important and matter a lot so mm-hmm. awesome very good yes any other things to plug intel's webpage um, <laughs> no 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 no. Um, no that's that's okay that does not need to get plugged um you, i don't think so i think that's that's most of it that's all the active projects i have going right now that cool. yeah Fun. yeah so let's well, i do some web design stuff on the side so if you ever want a website you just hit me up but perfect that that also is a separate project i guess so that's cool thank you so much for having me on i've really enjoyed this chat yeah this yeah. was great thank you for being on i don't know of course ash do you have any other thank yous to give i well i want to thank uh my professor from education 216 eric wallace who promised all of his students he said if any of you ask for a letter of recommendation i will give you the best one ever he didn't even care like he just really wanted wanted his students to get hired or into school or whatever they wanted to pursue. Whoa. And he said, I will talk to you. I will find out what you're good at. And then I will write you a shining letter. And I was Aww. like, you're the first person who's ever said that to me ever in my life. And I've worked for the same people for four years. This is insane. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So yeah. Thank you, Ms. Oh Dr. Wallace. Thank you to Al Shea, my favorite professor, who uh, wrote me a letter of recommendation. And I... And when he did, he emailed and like sent it. He emailed me and said, hey, Em, they think you are a goddess now. Don't let me down. (laughs) Which I think about every day. So fun. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Thank you to my current boss, Marcelo, who has showed me what it means to like a job. This is the first job Mm -hmm. I've really liked, which has made me like higher my standards for what I want in my life. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate him. And... Uh, yeah, and thank you to all the recruiters out there just trying to get young kids jobs. We appreciate you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we really do. <laughs> your recruiters are supposed to be your friends. <laughs> yes. They're great people. Fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you to everybody else who's been listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> and thank you, Joel, for being on with us. We appreciate it. Yes. You're a busy yes, man. You're I can't wait man. to see yeah, what your wedding going on <laughs> in a month. You know, I can't. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So exciting. That's very soon. Yes. Well. Okay. That was the thing. There it was. Bye. we do more thank yous or no i couldn't tell if you wanted to do more thank yous i'm like no no i'm good okay okay thank you for listening